Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan, and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called People Think, where I created the Keep It Real leadership program that equips and elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online, and it can be done anywhere, and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently, and that's the beauty of leadership. It's so important to understand what your unique leadership style is. Now, that word is worth repeating, unique, because everyone has their own leadership style, which will inform how they're going to help their team and help their organization move forward. You got to be real and you got to be bold and you got to drive to take action. Because let's face it, people look to their leaders for vision. They look to their leaders for coaching and growth opportunities. This is why as a leader, you want to be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies. The whole purpose of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries with different titles at different levels to better understand their unique way of leading. We're going to ask each leader the same six questions so we can provide you with a diverse way of looking at leadership. We want you to find those treasures that will help you be the best leader only you can be. So let's get moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Beatrice Zatorska, who is the co-founder and CEO of Smart Tribe. We're going to hear all about Beatrice's approach to leadership. Beatrice, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Hi, Karen. Really nice meeting you and everyone else who is uh, listening right now. I am thrilled and really humbled to be invited to your podcast. Thank you very much. Of course. So excited. So, Beatrice, tell us a little bit about who you are and give us a snapshot of Smart Tribe before we even get into this leadership conversation. I started Smart Tribe just less than two years ago, uh, which I'm my amazing co-founder, Chris Jack, because I really believe today it's a wealth of taken talent coming from academia. And it's mm-hmm. such a waste uh, that we are, we are losing that amazing people and scientific research, which can really improve our lives. The idea came from my work experience. I have been management consultant for about 20 years and I traveled the world hunting for uh, scientists and their work. And then I was transitioning that to uh, corporates from Siemens, LG, Apple, you name it, Huawei and so on. I lived in about 20 countries around the world over those years and uh, learned a lot, seen a lot. And I realized that this is such a big problem and everybody knows it. Everybody nods their head. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to democratize academia. We do need that, you know, problem solvers help us. But actually this situation we have right now, the old fashioned, old school way of collaboration between industry and academia is not solved. So um, less than two years ago, Chris and I set up the platform where we are allowing academics and industry professional to speak to each other the same language and collaborate to each other benefits. Uh, we used modern techniques, borrowed from dating sites, even gaming 
uh, and and so on, just to make the uh, conversation between academics and industry people, um, between individuals. There's a conversation between individuals, not between institution of academia and institution of company, but between individuals. And it became viral. Absolutely. We have been growing every single month since we started 20% and it's no stop. People love what we do. They are very excited on both sides of the, of the equation, both in academia and the world. So obviously it was, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, right time as well. No question about that. So there's two things I want to say before we even get into our conversation, Beatrice. I love that whole idea where you were hunting and I, you know, you can almost see it traveling 20 countries. I'm coming after you. I'll find you. So, I mean, that that is a beautiful visual. And this other thing about the conversations with individuals, because at the end of the day, it's about relationships. It's not about um, me sending you know, my information into this big, gigantic black hole and where does it go? Because I might bring something to the table that no one would see on paper. And it's about that connection that makes us recognize, wow, there's so much more behind this person than just what's written down on this sheet of paper. Absolutely. Yeah. Love, love, love that. All righty. So thank you for that. And and let's get into our first question. So, um, you know, I've talked to a number of people, you know, leadership is my love. And and so there's so many ways to define leadership. And and it's because it's so personal, kind of like what we just talked about. It's so personal to have an individual conversation. Tell us, Beatrice, how do you define leadership? I have learned about leadership the hard way. When uh, the first time I became um, a manager, let's start with that, with my experience with management, some about 10 years ago, when my previous company I worked for um, sent me to Poland and to Russia, and they asked me to open their offices from the scratch. Um, And I had absolutely no experience, no guidance, no help whatsoever, and had to make the success. Uh, and made plenty of mistakes. I mm-hmm. took uh, really, really bad, sometimes personally, some of the failures, but I had to own it. And then I realized, it took me a few years to really learn what does it mean to be a manager and what is the difference between manager and a leader. Um, but I had fantastic, uh, fantastic team who really helped me to succeed. And I realized that leadership is about not, not about being given position, Mm. It's not about a title, not about authority. It's about inspiring others to do great things and make those individual successful. That is my lesson learned and my understanding what is leadership. Wow. Wow. Can I work for you? When, when do I get to work for you? <laughs> uh, I'll fly. I'll fly across the, the, the water to get to you. No question. And so, so what, in terms of what you just described, this whole idea about the distinctions between management and leadership, and there are significant ones, we won't get into them right now. But what I think is astounding is how an organization will ask you to do something that is such so big for them. I mean, open an office in Poland, open an office in Russia, and oh, by the way, figure it out. It, it doesn't 
it doesn't make sense to me. And obviously it, it really helped you grow. It helped you learn the distinction between management and leadership and, you know, your definition of inspiring others to do great things is evident of your learnings through that. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll just shake my head. What does that company think in doing that? And if they did it to you, Beatrice, they're doing it to other people as well. That's for sure. I mean, my um, boss back then was sitting in Silicon Valley and said, well, you know what? You're a smart cookie. You will figure this out. (laughs) I think it's very common. Well, right. Well, it's about being smart. That's not the issue. You wouldn't be doing what you were doing if you weren't smart. It's just there's different competencies necessary. So so again, we could go on and on and I I could go on and on about this because I see it all the time. Um, So love that you got to that um, definition for you for leadership. Thank you. So the second question is, what are your top three values for you as a leader? So how do you operate as a leader? I love that question. I really, really do. It's, it's in the heart of, of leadership. I, I believe that to be a leader, it's not some, you work towards this, you learn, uh, you have experience, but there's a little bit, you have to have it in it, mm, yes. in yourself. Not every person is a great leader. They're great managers, they are great CEOs, but they are not necessary leaders. They could be the richest people in the world, the most uh, named in the Forbes 500 or whatever, but it's not necessarily they are the leaders. Uh, in fact, I think nowadays in the tech industry, we, we suffer a little bit a crisis of leadership, to be honest. Agreed. Um, um, so I think you have to have it inside. And this all comes from values. When I started Smart Tribe, this was one of the very, very first things I spoke to my co-founder, Chris. We talk about values. We both are very mm-hmm. different. Uh, he's the tech person. I am business and strategy. And, 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 and also we have very different characters, different sets of skills, which is great because it's complementary and good for the company. But, uh, but one thing is we have in common is values. And this is the very first conversation we had when we were wow. talking to each other. Um, it's like, what is important for you? What do you do in private life? You know, what matters to you? This was very, very first conversation we had. And and since today, you know, we, we work very closely because we are co-founders, but I know how he thinks because I know what values he has and mm-hmm. what values we're sharing together. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is long introduction, what are the most important values for me, but it's super, super important. Everything is based on the values. For me personally, uh, the most important values which, uh, which defined uh, leadership is integrity. Mm. Um, and integrity, not just in the workplace. It's not, you know, I'm behaving in the office in a certain way and then I go home and behave like an idiot. No, you have to be... <laughs> <laughs> you have to be uh you have to have the integrity through and through uh all the time you have to be that kind of person now one of my role models and people i'm looking up to uh i've been always for uh, for a very long time is john chambers is the uh-huh. ceo of cisco, cisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic example of a leader uh who is a great um integrity and inspirational leader I mean, also, what a success 
you know, taking the I... company from $70 million to $40 billion <laughs> annual yeah. revenues. And he made 10,000 of the employees millionaires. Yes. Yeah. Until today, he helps and he mentors others. He does. And he wrote a book on leadership. Uh, yeah, he's he's a big proponent of really um, helping people up. No question about that. That's right. And I always admire him also for his integrity. So it's as a managers and leaders, uh, you know, CEOs, we are very often put in difficult situations. We have to always juggle between the, I call them the three pillars or the three saints, the employees, customers and shareholders mm -hmm. and sometimes we have to make decisions which not exactly are in line with one or another but if you can do it all with integrity and hats off so this is for me is very very important um humility it's mm. another value i truly if you are you have to be people person you have to understand others have empathy if you are a person who a leader who people cannot relate to you uh, then it's really really hard to lead i mean there are so many great values leaders should have and the third one i'm kind of between it's a it's a courage and honesty i mean both mm. uh, two very important you have to be truthful honest with yourself and with the rest with everybody else um i mean courage as well because courage it takes uh, a lot of chutzpah yeah. to, to, be, um, to, to be a leader. You have to own it. You have to take responsibility. Uh, you have to lead others. You have to inspire others and motivate them and make decisions. Very, very important. Don't hesitate. Make the, sometimes you make mistakes, but it takes a courage uh, to take that ownership and make decisions. Yeah, no question. And, and that's, that whole piece of courage is the fact that you know, we may not always get it right and we have to take a stand and the people who work with us are looking at us to make sure that we are being bold and we're, we're able to take that stand. And then, you know what, if it doesn't work out, then we, we can shift it. And, and I just want to make a comment, Beatrice, about what you said about the chutzpah, because that again is a big distinction between management and leadership. And you've got to have the guts to be able to follow that North star, which are your values, which for you, integrity, humility, and courage. And then when you think about humility, you think about, you know, that's all that emotional intelligence. And it's so often people go, Oh, that's the soft stuff. No, no, no. It is the hardest, hardest thing to do, to really pay attention to your um, emotional intelligence and to really pay attention to humility and feel it and let your employees know that that's the truth. So it goes back to that honesty as well, because people know, people know if you're faking it, they're, they're yeah, people know, uh, especially around things like that. The emotional intelligence, it's, I think I'm a little bit gifted with that, but thanks to one of my disabilities, which is um, dyslexia. And uh, I suffer a lot as a dyslexic as a child uh, and not diagnosed for a very long time, but now it pays off and people with dyslexia are being praised for exactly emotional intelligence. Yes, yes. One of, one of the advantages, which is now much more uh, appreciated than before.
Much more appreciated and accepted. And, and there's an awareness around it now, Beatrice. When I was growing up in corporate America, there wasn't always a big awareness around that. So I just love that people are even speaking about it. So um, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, All righty. So we're going through an enormous amount of change. Um, there's no question about that. And, you know, between the global pandemic, I mean, we could go on and on the social awakening, the economic implications of those things. And so you've started a new company. It's about two years old. And now we're going through so much transition. So you came right into, oh, hello, it's pandemic year for us. So how do you lead through transition and change, Beatrice? So you touched two two topics. Uh, one is positive, one is negative. I think the cultural shift, it's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of movement of Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter and so on. It's all positive. And I really believe it's lying the grounds for a further changes, uh, not only in the developed world, but in the developing world, uh, emerging markets, which is much more difficult and takes time. Um, because the technology is changing us and it's going to change us even faster. There's mm. going to be more social unrest because of it. Um, and we don't really have solutions to it as a country's governments and society. So those changes happening right now are really, really important. So I see this as a good thing, the cultural shift and changes. And actually in a really short space of time. Yes. You know, it's, I remember when I started my career uh, as a woman in business, a woman in tech, Men were very often talking to me. I, I was very lucky not experienced sexism or any any prejudice, uh, although I work always with, with men-dominated environment. But it was sometimes a little bit, you know, um, patronizing and so on. So the culture was very, very different. Mm-hmm. Now, within 20 years or 18 years, wow, what a different change. It's great. Uh, so so that, that's a positive changes. Now you have to remember that I work in the in the world of science, uh, and scientists are probably one of the most liberal part of our society. So I'm quite privileged. And when I work with uh, with our community, it's always people are open minded, and they really don't care who you are, where you've come from. It's what is in your head, not how your head looks like. So it's a, it's a, it's a privileged work in exactly this community, which is focusing on, on what you're doing, what you're thinking. Um, so the cultural shift is great. Uh, still so much work to do. And I think we have responsibility towards other places in the world and other people. I feel very strongly about uh, developing regions and especially about women rights in developing uh, regions. Uh, you know, there are some places in the world where so you want to be a scientist and a woman, they can be shot in the head, you know. Mm. <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> so, so I do feel quite, quite strongly about it. Um, but COVID, it's a bad, it's a negative, obviously. Mm. Yes. We, we all suffered this. It was shock to all of us. and Many people died and suffered and helped and will continue suffering for many, many years to come. Uh, outcast so is not just economy, our mental health, and and everything else. <clears throat> um, so how to how to navigate through that as a, as a managing a co- company? I mean, showing one of the values I mentioned earlier, humility. It's I think really plays a big role uh, during the COVID times. 
showing a little bit vulnerability. I mean, as a leader, it's really hard because you have to lead as an example. You should be not weak. You know, everybody. Some people say, "Oh, yeah, don't worry about it." No, you should. You should be really leading as an example, as on the strength. Um, but being understanding. Uh, I think now in the workplace is super important being understanding, listen to people, be sensitive. I have a lot of empathy. Um, mm. uh, it's it's not about praying about a private life, but be aware of what is happening. Uh, and sometimes you know, people perform less, but might be very different reason for it. Not because they just don't have the skills or they don't they hate the job. It's just maybe because they have some problems at work, or, you know, or whatever. Um, so it is quite quite important to have the humility and understanding with employees. I think going forward uh, in the future of work, we will be talking a lot about taking care of mental health. It's going to be absolutely given. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, and one of the things leaders needs to needs to remember: um, listen, uh, adapt really fast, adapt. So the mm. being good, make, taking uh, making good decisions and relatively quickly is important. Uh, be decisive don't wait act on it uh, and adopt really fast i mean i think one of the skills i have learned living in different countries is to adopt very quickly mm -hmm. learn observe and act on it mm -hmm. uh, and adopt be sensitive to the people cultures around you uh, and do it um also you know be creative by doing it and my last point is to be positive Mm. Definitely positives helps here, not to be uh, entirely you know, very optimistic and blindfolded, but to be positive. Mm -hmm. And new positivism and enthusiasm and passion really, really helps others. You have to carry that every single day. And be positive with a realistic component to it. I mean, as you just indicated, you know, there's going to be mental health issues. Uh, there's so many people are responding to this in different ways. So I love that you said we really have to listen. You have to learn, observe and adopt what's going on. And you've got to move fast. No question about it. And the other thing that I think is really important, Beatrice, about what you said is the fact that you know, everybody's handling this differently. And therefore, as a leader during all transitions is we have to actually have a conversation with our teams and our employees to understand what is going to be important for them and what will they need moving forward? Because every single person is going to be different. And so that that's really critical as a leader to make sure that we stop long enough to listen and have that empathy. And I'll go back to your humility. I mean, because again, everyone is dealing with, we don't know actually what everyone is dealing with. And so uh, the ask is, is really important and you've got to learn, observe and adapt fast. Quickly. That's absolutely. Uh, we, I mean, we have a small team, so I'm quite lucky. And I have the opportunity to get to know each of them very, mm -hmm. very well and be mm -hmm. sensitive uh, to what they're going through and accommodate that. So I'm in, I think, privileged positions and any other uh, leaders or manage big companies right now uh, have much more difficult in also logistically uh, situation. I mean, when the COVID started, we were, had a very different business model. Yeah. <laughs> and it took us probably two weeks, we pivot. And it was it worked just fine. Now we, it's it's better for us actually. Uh, and now we turn the situation into our advantage. And yes. COVID actually helped us to grow. 
using technology you may not have used and using um, different business yep. solutions that you might not have even thought about. Go, it goes back to what you just said about you got to be creative. You got to be seeing things that you may not have seen before. That is definitely for sure. All righty. So we know the best leaders are curious and the best leaders are always learning. And so what do you do? What tools, what resources do you use to continually grow as a leader? I am going to be really biased now because I learn a lot from research papers. Okay. I'm coming mm. across as an absolute geek. <laughs> Whatever works, Beatrice. It does. You're very unique. As I say, all leaders are unique. This is just your way of learning. <laughs> it's true. It's, there's so much there. You know, there's 165 million research papers in the world. And oh most goodness. of it, nobody can understand and read because it's written in the scientific jargon. Uh, but, yeah. So it's one of our mission in SmartRipe to actually translate this into plain English and industry applications. So it's part of my job, part of learning. And I got into it years ago and I love it. There's so many answers there. When I have a, you know, some challenge or problem, I want to figure out oh, customer behavior or new technique about something. There's always research paper about it. And it's so interesting. You know, it's peer reviewed by others, uh, academics. It has already done the research, some hypothesis, and then people spent, really smart people spent a lot of time talking about it and thinking about it. You read there's plenty of answers in research papers. I really, really would like more people to have ac access to it and be able to, to source the knowledge and experience from it. Well, yeah, and you said something pretty important there about the translation. So if there's 165 million research papers out there, and of course, it's about research. So they had hypotheses, they had to test it and so on and so forth. And when the written word is, is finally taken and, and you begin to look at it, if I can't understand it, that doesn't help me. The good news is there's going to be people like you who are going to translate it. And that's exactly what it is. It is another language. And you, you had said earlier, you speak seven of them. This is, no, you don't. You speak eight of them because you're going to take this and help us better understand. Yes. Love that. It's, it's, a, it's a holy grail. Truly. And uh, I really, really would love to unlock that holy grail of knowledge and, and give it back to people because we own it, right? Uh, we should really, uh, we want to know about it. I mean, the other sources and tools, let's say, uh, where, where I learn, it's people, uh, mm -hmm. other people talking to others, uh, networking. Uh, uh, and I use actually my own company, Smart Tribe, to network with others. Every single week, I have several conversations with people on Smart Tribe and learn from them, network wow. with them, new people coming. I have office hours, people jump on the, on, the, on the Google Meetup and we just talk and I learn constantly. Only yesterday, I had fantastic, super interesting conversation with one of the researchers uh, talking about open research. I, very feel, I feel very passionate about... Um, open research and knowledge and sharing knowledge, um, also ethical AI, I have learned heaps from this lady. So talking to people, networking, having mentors is mm. also really, really important. I have some great mentors I met during my career. And now I'm meeting new people, you know, and they are different people for different purposes. 
uh, obviously reading books, blogs, you know, all of, all of that, that resources. But, uh, you know, I learned a lot about entrepreneurship. Uh, one of the people I, I really uh, learned a lot from was Reid Hoffman. I really, really admire what he's doing and learn a lot from his books and podcasts. Uh, they are, you know, like I mentioned, John Chambers in business mm -hmm. uh, and also from, from researchers. So um, all kind of sources of, of, uh, of a knowledge we can reach out. But research papers is one of the, the one I reach out to most commonly. Well, and obviously you're a very curious human being, which then makes you just want to find more sources. And what's funny is Beatrice, you and I met because I was mentoring someone um, from University of San Francisco and that's how you and I met. So I would have never met you had Elizabeth not um, connected us. So, I mean, mentoring helps both ways. And, you know, so often you think mentors this, oh my goodness, this knowledgeable, wise person who's older than, uh, no, I have learned so much and been mentored by people much younger than me and way different skill sets. So that that's great. Oh, so true. So true. Yeah. I love, you know, maybe not mentoring, but talking to others and learning from others. Doesn't matter the age I even experience. I have learned a lot about startups uh, and uh, from YouTubers, people who are half my age and they have great ideas. They have fresh perspective. They are future thinking. Uh, so many hacks they gave me and ideas. I love it. I know it's true. It's true. However, we have to be curious to be able to take it in and then we have to listen, listen. Yes. All right. Great. How do you give your folks development and growth opportunities so that they can continue to learn? My guess is with all this coming at you and with what Smart Tribe does for a living, it wouldn't be hard to encourage your team to you know, continue to learn. So what, what do you do to help that and, and help source that for them? I don't like micromanagement. I like to empower people so mm. they can do things. Obviously, we, we talk a lot about trainings, give them some tools, uh, you know, even reimburse the, the, whatever they, the courses they take and so on. This is kind of basic. But I really like the approach my grandfather had when he, when he was bringing me up. I, I lived with my grandparents, who were just old-fashioned, you know, basic rules, basic values in life. Uh -huh. My grandfather, he... He was a soldier during the Second World War and walked with uh, his Red Army through the whole Europe. When I was 12, he taught me how to use a gun. When I was 15, I knew how to drive a car. And uh, you know, <laughs> by the age of 10, I spoke already four languages. And uh, you know, funny, you might think, oh my God, why do you need the kind of skills nowadays? You know, funny enough, all those skills became very handy <laughs> yes, at some point exactly. in my life. <laughs> but little you know, did you know. <laughs> but his philosophy was uh, to empower me because he said, you know, we're not going to be always around, especially we are grandparents. Yes. Uh, you have to manage. You have to, you, you are survivor. We are survivors. My, actually, in fact, my, my grandmother was a Holocaust survivor. She wow. knew very, very well uh, to be empowered wow. uh, by center skills and mindset to go through life. And I kind of still believe that and probably they really ingrain in me. So empowering people is very important. Empowering my children. I have a daughter and she's 18 now and off to college. And uh, I'm saying, listen, you have to manage. You know, I gave you all the basics. 
and now you use it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm the same with with people who I work with to give them the tools mm-hmm. uh, to be. You know, I'm very fortunate to have fantastic team. They are doers. They are creative. So mm. it's really, it's, I have such an easy job. <laughs> it's just oh. a pleasure working with them. Um, we shouldn't tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but keep challenging them. It's, it's important. Uh, have a developmental plan. Keep going. Always have some goals and targets. A very Western approach, I know. But um, always have the targets, milestones. Um, also pair them with mentors. Mm. and courage uh, to, uh, to, to, to build a network. What I also find important is to, to give them recognition and praise them. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's quite important as well. And I love that whole idea of y- your team is doers and they're very creative. So they're using both sides of their brains in order to bring themselves to work. And that's pretty important when you think about what you're doing and what you're trying to do. So using the head and the heart uh, is good stuff. Good stuff. All righty. So my last question, what do you do to bring joy into your life so that you're balanced at work. And, and, you know, it can be anything that doesn't matter to me earlier about that positive attitude. So what do you do to fill yourself up so that when you show up, you're the whole Beatrice that people need to see? I don't divide this, you know, work. And then I have to switch off and be at home here, Mm -hmm. you know, be the the same person through and through. Obviously there are moments where some things really get to you. You know, fundraising is one of the biggest pains I absolutely hate and uh, and I find super stressful and I really find it really hard not to show to my family that I'm stressed. Yeah. Um, so it is hard, but you are the same person. I really like sense of humor and I like mm-hmm. fun. At work, we make constantly some jokes and uh, sending each other gifts. Uh, and um, also I'm very fortunate because the guys I work with, they are witty and funny and they are getting my sense of humor too i'm a little bit sarcastic sense of humor is definitely something i enjoy and i like it i have it through both at work and at home i'm not going to be very sophisticated here my family is my source of enjoyment and uh, and they really really give me so much you know uh relaxation pleasure and happiness i am obsessed really a little bit with my work and i i am guilty of sometimes talking to someone and my eyes and my mind my eyes are looking at you but my mind is just like somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) i'm constantly thinking about work it's uh, that's what it is when you are when you are a founder um but i really enjoy it they give me the space in my head they they give me the spine the moral, uh, let's say, having children uh, really gives you the moral uh, barometer as well. Uh, keeps you straight, down to earth. Just very, very simple, basic things in life. You now enjoying a meal, going out. I also really like sport because my mind always works, I always think. Even when I talk to someone about something, you know, frivolous, I still think about work in the other <laughs> part of my brain. <laughs> but sport. It's something which, which this is the only tool which manages to switch off my brain because I get, wow. I push myself hard running, uh, cycling, uh, kickboxing, whatever it is, push yourself hard. I sweat out, all my muscles hurt. And at some point, 
your brain stops working. It is nothing else except the tiredness, uh, the, the exercise. And that's the only time I think my brain really has a rest. Wow. Yeah. 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 The sports thing, because then what happens is you can't think of anything else or you'll injure yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's wonderful. Okay. Wow. 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 Beatrice. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything you told us, being vulnerable, telling us uh, and and providing us so much information. Uh, I love this whole concept of you're so clear about management and leadership and you're so clear about you got to empower your people. It just uh, it's a pure delight. It was just um, a pure delight to to talk to you today. So so thank you. Thank you, Beatrice. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Karen. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks everyone for listening. And I'm Karen Colligan, and you've been listening to Beatrice Torska, who is the co-founder and CEO of Smart Tribe. Till the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast, have a good one. And don't forget to keep it real. Music by Pottington Bear. Editing by Mary Lee Williams. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Bye now.